Hey, hey, welcome to Bolts and Bats in the Bay here on FL Teams. Uh, I am uh, your host, Jeff Macalino. We're here with a special guest for uh, episode 60 of Bolts and Bats in the Bay. Uh, it's been uh, been going for a while now, and uh, very happy to welcome to the uh, FL Teams family, uh, Zach Milliron. Uh, how are you today, Zach? I'm doing great. How are you doing today, Jeff? I am uh, I am excellent. Uh, so, wanted to bring you in here, and and basically we can. Uh, well, you know how the show goes. We talk about the lightning. We talk about the rays. Um, I uh, I put out a a little reaction video uh, for a quick hitter on the lightning off season with uh, really everything. Most of the moves happened in a real condensed short period right. of time. Um, so I thought, you know, let's let's talk a little more about uh, those. Uh, and there's for a team that only really had three free agents, there's kind of more moves maybe than than you'd think. Uh, but you know, we'll we'll talk about that. So to uh, to get started, really, um, the first things first. You could even go back to Nick Paul signing his seven year contract. He was one of the three free agents. Um, he signed that seven-year deal before free agency. And then the biggest and best news of the Lightning's offseason so far is Eric Chernak, Anthony Sorelli, and Mikhail Sergachev all signing eight-year extensions. Um, I have not changed my opinion from my initial reaction. This is the kind of move that a winning organization makes, and the Lightning make this move. They've been making this yeah. kind of move for a while. Uh, it's... You know, oddly enough, the guy who got paid, I believe, the most was Sergachev, and he's the guy that I'm the most iffy on of those three. Um, what are your? I mean, do you? You probably don't disagree that it's a good move to make in all three cases, but uh, what are your thoughts? I definitely agree with you on that. It's a great move for them to make. In fact, they did something similar, I think, a couple of years ago when they locked up uh, Stamkos and Vasilevsky and Kucherov, and they kind of set the stage for what they're currently in with these last couple runs of the cup. And I think one thing that I got to say with the lightning that they do a great job at is not only winning in the present, but also planning for the future. And that can be seen with these eight year deals. It's actually funny because the day free agency signing day, you know, I, I have it up on NHL.com. I'm checking my phone and all of a sudden I see they, pop up one after another, like eight-year deal for Sergeyev, eight-year deal for, you know, Cernak. And it it really, it was, it, at first it kind of caught me off guard. Like I knew they'd been working on it, but for them to release that on like free agency day, especially after Stamkos came out after their game six loss and said, you know, we're not done. Um, it was kind of like an eye-opening, I think, to the rest of the league saying, yeah, we're not done. So it was really it was really great to see that as a as a lightning follower. Yeah, I agree. And I I it was frustrating and odd to see. You know, I know that teams that win all the time, people who aren't fans of that team are gonna hate that team. Uh so I get it. But yeah, it was odd seeing a lot of talk about the lightning dynasty being over and done with. And you know, they're bringing back basically the same team that you know, without Braden Point, by the way, went six games in the Stanley Cup. 
Right. It's not <laughs> not like they, you know, flamed out real early and real badly. Um, so, a, a, you know, a weird reaction from people. But, you know, the, the losses, turning the page, looking at the guys we lost, Andre Pilat, uh, Jan Ruda, and uh, traded Ryan McDonough. Uh, frankly, and we'll talk about the additions after this, the, the, the new faces or the old faces that are new once again in one case. Uh, but Ruda, I think, frankly, got a little overpaid uh, by Pittsburgh. I, I think he played great in the postseason. But, you know, it's good for him. You know, I, he can get more money elsewhere. That's a good move. Uh, Ryan McDonough, frankly, uh, I went on record a couple times saying he looked like he was intentionally throwing the Stanley Cup Finals. Uh, I, I understand he was playing with what was described as a mangled finger. Um, but there were a lot of really bad moments from him, especially in the first two games of the Stanley cup, uh, with defensive zone turnovers and things he doesn't typically do. Uh, and with his salary, you know, you, you got to right. cut somewhere. Right. And I would take Chernak over McDonough every day of the week, especially considering the age. But at this point, I would just take him in general on the ice over McDonough. Um, so uh, people may disagree a little bit on that, but I think that was the right move. Andre Pilat was the the one that pulled at your heartstrings, uh, and he makes a lot of clutch plays, scores a lot of clutch goals in the playoffs. Um, he also, in fairness, has runs where he is a frustrating player. He had a stretch where he didn't score a goal for almost two months, I think, in the regular season. Um, so I would say he's inconsistent. Yes, he tends to respond in big moments. But to be fair, if you're playing on a line with Steven Stamkos and Nikita Kucherov, you should score a decent amount. Just, you know, any forward who's in that position. Right. So I think, I think maybe Lightning fans put a – a little too much on him, but it seems mostly that lightning fans seem to think, you know, that's just a necessary trade-off. We, we just couldn't pay him as much as he frankly deserved to make on the open market. Um, and I do think also you have to look at, they had a plan to replace him. Uh, Vladdy Nemestikov, who started his career, career with the lightning Frankly, he's a pretty similar player in my eyes. He's uh, versatile. He's a top nine forward. Um, you know, he's not going to score a ton, but if you put him on a line with Stamkos and Kucherov, he, he'll probably put a good amount in. <laughs> um, and adding uh, Ian Cole. I think that's an upgrade on Jan Ruda if you're just looking from the defenseman standpoint. Um, so, frankly, I think the Lightning are just a little bit better now than they were the day the season ended. Uh, it, when you look at all things encompassed for this upcoming season, but obviously even more so for the next seven to eight years. Um, yeah, go ahead. What do you, what do you I think? I definitely agree, especially with, with Vladdy. Um, you know, he's a player that I think he's even developed more since he's left the Lightning. I mean, he's a guy, like you said, you can pair him on the line with Stamkos and Kucherov, and he might be a 20-goal scorer. Or you could put him on the fourth line, and he's like that, you know, rough and tough kind of pest. Hey, but if you give me an opportunity, I'm going to put it in the back of the net. And I think that's something that I liked when he was here before. He was one of the ones, you know, when they traded him, I believe they traded him to the Rangers. 
Um, you know, I was sad to see him go. So when I saw them re-sign him for the deal that they gave him, I was ecstatic that he was back because I think he can do so much, especially now with the development of Braden Point, who, and not to go back in time, but, you know, he was out obviously for, you know, Stanley Cup finals. And I think people, you know, yes, Andre Plot scored some big time goals this playoff run, but without Point there, I mean, Point is a guy when he's healthy that he he's almost like a point guard in basketball, but on the hockey rink, he cuts through. And as a defense, you have to decide: are you going to take the shooter, or are you going to take you know Kucherov or Steven Stamkos sitting in his office there, you know, one time in a shot? And it puts your defense in a bind. And I think that a player like Vladimir Nestikov can definitely. Uh, whether he's on that line with a point or a Stamkos Kucherov or he's on the fourth line, he definitely gives the Lightning that that added um, not only scoring threat, but also physicality. So I think overall he was a tremendous signing. And yeah, so- and something, uh, something Breezeball said about uh, Nemestikov, and he also said Nick Paul is the same. They're also just super versatile. You can put right. them on any line. You can put them at center. You can put them on the wing. Uh, and that that really does, I think, add a. And also, we should note he also mentioned that Zach Bogosian and Anthony Sorelli both had the same shoulder surgery and are going to miss. It sounds like a month or two of the season. Um, right. I mean, from what I heard, it might not even be till like December. I mean, I know mm-hmm. they're not going to rush them back. Um, no. But I think that's fine too because I think it gives some of these younger guys in their prospect system a chance to earn a job during training camp and get some much needed minutes. And then the lightning can see, you know, what they have again, planning for the future, but also competing right now. Yeah. And I, I think you almost view them almost like mid season trades at that point where I think you're okay without Sorelli. Uh, you can still win without him. Uh, you can definitely win without Bogosian, although I love what he brings, the toughness he brings to the defense. But they also they in the McDonough trade they got Fleet Myers who's an experienced defenseman. They also signed Hayden Fleury who's a young defenseman who has potential. Um, so those guys will kind of probably be the six seven defensemen uh, filling in for Bogosian, I'd imagine. Imagine, uh, but uh, yeah, I don't. Uh, you know, I feel more optimistic about the Lightning next season. Than I than I did at the end of the Stanley Cup. I guess maybe that's just a natural progression from getting over losing. But um, yeah, I think people who overlook the Lightning going into next year are foolish to say the least. I mean, all you gotta do is look at the Florida Panthers, who who thought that was they they had that after being President Cup champs, and the Lightning ran through them. So I would advise people definitely not to uh, overlook the Lightning. Yeah, we will, um, and Zach will be providing lightning coverage, uh, obviously even more so when the season begins. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's going to be another exciting season with the lightning. Um, I do want to switch gears. The Tampa Bay Rays, um, big news yesterday, not maybe big news, but nice news to hear that Shane McClanahan was named the AL's starting pitcher for the All-Star game. 
Uh, I was somewhat surprised, even though he clearly has the best statistics of any American League pitcher. Um, I thought maybe they'd go Otani just for the publicity aspect, even though he's already starting at DH. Uh, but I, I was very pleased to see that McClanahan deservedly got the uh, the nod. Uh, because he he deserves a lot more attention, I think, nationally than what he gets for what he's doing. Uh, he's just having a special season, and uh, I'll 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 note. I've said this before. Isaac will will have to go back and pull our preseason uh, MLB preview show. I predicted he would win the AL Cy Young Award before the season. So when people say no one saw it coming, somebody did. Right. I mean, he's. Not only just has he come into his own right just as a pitcher. I mean, you talk about the Tampa Bay Rays. He's really stepped up, you know, with all their pitching injuries uh, and obviously offensive injuries as well. But, I mean, he's someone imagine if they didn't have him at the top of the rotation, what they would be dealing with. So, he's, I mean, he's really been wonderful for them this year. And I think as a young guy, he's only going to improve. Yeah, it's it's not often I consider a pitcher – as an MVP candidate, even just at a team level. But I think there's an argument to be made that McClanahan might be the MVP of this Rays team for the stability he's brought with. I mean, look, following the transaction list, we could do a half hour podcast with me reading the last 15 days of transactions, people going up and down from the injured list constantly. And just having every fifth day, knowing you're, you're throwing an ace out there, who's going to hold them to one run, frankly, that's, you know, he's going to give you six plus innings. He's going to hold him to one run or less. That's been like the last two months of his starts have been very consistent, very reliable. Um, and, and yeah, I, I really, if things continue this way, I would start arguing the Rays should start pushing him as the MVP of the AL, not just the Cy Young Award winner. Although I think there are probably uh, bigger hurdles to jump to actually be the MVP of the American League. But Nonetheless, uh, it was nice to see him get the nod. Um, the the Rays, um, I've said this, uh, you've probably heard me say this on the podcast, this season has just been a roller coaster. Uh, last time I did a, a, a podcast, the, the Rays had just come off winning a series against the Red Sox. And... Uh, you know, I was happy. And then they immediately go and get swept by the Cincinnati Reds, um, which was, you know, after that series, I thought the Ray, this, they, it, it's gone too far. There's too much, too many injuries. They're just not going to be able to rally this thing and, and get to the postseason this year. This is where the collapse starts. And of course, they follow that up with a four game sweep of Boston and winning two out of three against the red hot Baltimore Orioles. Um, so, you know, the Rays again, roller coaster continues. Now we're, now we're at a high point and, uh, you know, we'll see the, the bats seem to start waking up, even though, you know, again, it's, it's kind of like a bad joke. Like it's good news. It's, uh, a bad news is, uh, Wander Franco is out again. Right. Uh, Kevin Kiermaier is out for months. Uh, at least a couple months. Um, but we got Brandon Lau back and Brandon Lau's hot uh, in, you know, in his two games he's played, he, everything's working for him right now, which is great right. to see. And then, and then we lose breaks his thumb. Yeah, exactly. Then Harold Ramirez, who's having a career year. <laughs> uh, it, it's like a bad joke. Um, 
even with the pitching staff, Luis Patino's about to come back and Shane Vaz goes on the 60 day injured list. It's like, come on. Yeah, right. And then Pete Fairbanks comes back and, and uh, Beaks goes on the injured list. It's, exactly. Yeah. It's and like, Fairbanks. What's going on? Yeah, Fairbanks was one. I mean, Lau, I think, was is maybe the most important single one um, because I do think he really can glue things together. I mean, G-Man Choi and Yandy Diaz have been very consistent hitters um, uh, basically all season. I think Brandon Lau, you know, Josh Lowe's been playing better the last – since his call up, he's right. been looking a lot more comfortable. Uh, Isak Paredes is, is uh, you know, he's not going to hit five home runs a week, uh, but he's he looks he's hitting the ball hard still. Uh, so it looks like they're kind of piecing together a lineup a little bit. And and if you know Pete Fairbanks can give you you know what he was previously, uh, just such a solid force at the back of the at the back of the bullpen that can, you know, throw a scoreless inning, which, you know, we, the Rays have relied way too much on Whistler and, and Thompson, even though Thompson's actually looked better his last handful of outings too. Um, but yeah, it's, it's almost like it's, we can't have anything nice. Once we get something nice, someone else goes down. It's, right. it's been like clockwork all season. I have the, the uh, transaction sheet in front of me and it's just, Zunino. Again, it really is like a joke. <laughs> right. I mean, Mike Zanino, he might, he, they're not really saying much on him. They just transferred him to the 60 day DL. I mean, he might be out for the year. It's really, I mean, what I think what they've done is remarkable. I mean, if you told me at the All Star break they'd be 10 games above 500 with having 18, 19 guys on the, the IL, I would have been like, absolutely not. But I mean, it, I think it's a credit to, you know, they, they have a lot of young players who are still wanting to prove themselves. And for what that's worth, I think maybe they give more effort than your average MLB team. And I think some of that helps them in these situations. Yeah, I know even back in the day when I worked for the Rays, I remember Joe Madden, you know, pre-Kevin Cash, uh, but – Joe Madden used to talk about, you know, this isn't back then there were 25 man rosters, but he's like, this isn't a 25 man. It's you need to have 40 to, to 50 players Absolutely. who are going to contribute and guys who are going to be down at Durham, who are going to be up for a week and back down for the, you know, after that. Uh, but you need that kind of organizational depth, um, which, you know, I don't know that the Rays have necessarily they uh, well, I'll say they do with the pitching staff. It just, you know, it, it does seem like every day, you know, springs uh, go, going on the injured list. But then you hear Yanni Chirinos is in a rehab assignment, right? So yeah, down in the Florida Complex League, he's throwing along with uh, the other guy that, oh, uh, man, he hasn't pitched in so long. I forget his name, but uh, they got him from the Marlins a couple years ago. It'll come to me in a second. Oh, Anderson. Yeah, Anderson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I, for, I forgot about him too. <laughs> yeah, I know. Like some of these guys you haven't seen in like a year. It's like, wait, are they still there? What are they doing? Yeah, well, you forget a year, a year to a year and a half ago, it seemed like every pitcher for the Rays was needing Tommy John surgery for, well, for a couple McKay's months. Throwing, McKay's throwing again down there too. So yeah, it, it's uh, you know, and and the optimist in me 
thinks, all right, well, the Rays are leading the wild card race. There is, you know, more extra spot even this year. Uh, unfortunately, in the AL East, you're going to need to keep winning to, to get in. You, you don't get any easy division games anymore. Um, Seattle, who's on that 14-game winning streak, too, they came out of nowhere. I mean, they were like yeah. left for it, and then they had that brawl against the LA Angels, and then since then they haven't lost. They haven't lost a game. <laughs> that can th- those kind of things can bring teams together. I would say I I, I witnessed that with the 08 Rays, right? Absolutely. I mean, they they got a lot better in uh, they got a lot better after spring training brawl with the Yankees. Yeah, and then Johnny Gomes in center field after. Shelly Duncan crashed the home plate. Yep, I was actually at that spring training game. I was so, too. I uh, I actually uh, well, I I was embarrassingly stupid. I tried to go down to the uh, locker room and fight him. Uh, I would have gotten my butt kicked, and uh, I would have gotten fired. So probably not yeah. a. But I loved Aki. Aki was the nicest oh, yeah. human being ever in the world. So I I you know didn't like going that that was such a dirty play. I hated when Shelly Duncan played for the Rays for a week or two, whatever it was. Right, and then you had, I mean, not to go back in time, but then you had, like, the James Shields and Coco Crisp. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I think that was a bonding moment, too. Um, yeah, no, yeah. I, I think those things can actually be useful for team com- – I, I think team camaraderie, and, and look, if the Rays get to the playoffs, it's going to be because of that. Uh, it's going to be because they have guys who, you know, I, I think sometimes you get so into the analytical end of it that you forget that they're human beings. Uh, and, you know, attitude makes a big difference. And that's one thing I'll say. I agree with, you know, I talked to the cranky fan. I agree with him, Kevin Cash. I don't like most of his game day moves, but I think there's something to be said about the manager's job is more what he does off the field than what he does during the nine innings on the field. Right. Uh, you know, again, I, I think Joe Madden brought a different culture to Tampa Bay and that started the shift. So I do think culture is a big part of, uh, of winning uh, all the, all the little things that, that people don't think of during a long baseball season. Um, but uh, you know, look, here's here, the flip side to all these injuries is there's always a possibility that, the Rays get to the playoffs, you know, even if they're the last wild card in, say you've got uh, Nick Anderson back throwing well and Fairbanks is on fire and maybe, maybe Yanni Chirinos and, you know, you, Kiermaier maybe will be back and hopefully Wander is back for good at some point. Right. Um, I, you know, so it's who knows if Zanino maybe could be back by playoff time. Um, you know, you never know what kind of late, Instead of looking for a trade deadline acquisition, maybe it's just, hey, we just need to hope at some point we stop break, you know, getting hit by a pitch and breaking your thumb. That's just bad luck. I've, right. There's nothing you can do about that. I see yeah. people getting on the training staff, and I'm like, the training staff has nothing to do with that kind of injury. Right. I wonder, I, I've gotten on the training staff one time on Twitter when I may have been drinking, but it was about the pitchers. Okay, uh, that, yeah. it seems like the Rays have more pitching injuries over the past couple of years than anybody. And the Rays are very, very analytical math wise about building up innings and all that stuff. So 
maybe there's something wrong with that, but I tend to think there might be something wrong on the training end because the math, you know, they've got a lot of data to, to, to help them. So unless it's just the worst luck that, which could be it, right. uh, you think maybe they're not doing, a, you know, some sort of, you know, maybe they need to bring a yoga person in or something. I don't, I don't know what, I, I'm not a trainer. <laughs> one, one thing that I thought of is, you know, this year how they had the, the lockout and I guess even the trainers weren't allowed to contact these players during the off season. So you had these yeah. guys relying on their individual workouts or personal trainers or whatever. I think as a hitter, you know, you can kind of go to the cage and hit and, and lift and work out. But as a pitcher, you know, maybe some of them, especially being younger guys, maybe without the constant following of the training staff of the Rays or Kevin Cash or Snyder, the pitching coach, you know, maybe that has led to some of their their arm issues this year. Not that I'm giving them excuses, but no, could have and been the, yeah, and younger guys, I would think, would be more likely to overdo it than underdo it. Um, Right. Which which would yeah, which would be why this point of the season their arms are falling off potentially. Um hopefully things get together because I do I do think when this team is even eighty to ninety percent healthy, they're they've got a great core of players. They actually have a good lineup, as frustrating as it is, when they have a healthy team. Um right. and they've got a I I'd argue the best pitching staff in all of baseball if you got even 75% of the injured pitchers back. Um I, I don't I don't think another organization could stand up to to what the Rays have because there are so many so many guys uh off on rehab island right now with the uh that pitching staff. I mean even who they have right now you look at a seven game series when you have a day off in between potentially I mean, you could throw Shane twice, throw Kluber twice. I mean, that's four games right there. And then you mix and match the other three. I mean, you're absolutely right. Like, it's a scary rotation. I think they just have to get there this year. Yeah. Yeah, and that that's true. Shane McClanahan has that Clayton Kershaw back in the day thing where you just every – you might win every day this guy pitches. He's that good. Uh, you then only need to win one out of, you know, three other games to win a series. Right. Um, and Kluber, like you said, he's, he's been, I, I you know, super, he's been so valuable just being a, another guy in the rotation that you can count on to go out there and, and he'll give you innings. He, he might give up some runs sometimes, but he'll, he'll, he's been a, a pleasant, uh, surprise, um, I think if you said what's the best case scenario for Corey Kluber this year, I'd say what he's doing right now would have been exactly what the Rays dreamed he would do when they signed him. Right. I mean, kind of like not to go back, but kind of like the lightning with the playoffs, the Rays kind of mirror that. I think they're both teams where when it comes to the playoffs, you don't want to see them because mm-hmm. of what they bring that added, um, not so much with the Rays, maybe with experience, but just that that added, like, all right, like we have these guys. You sure regular season is what it is, but like you were saying with the pitching, and then even offensively, I mean, you get some of these guys back, like you were saying, the Wander Franco, you know, and they catch lightning. You know, you don't you don't know what might happen. 
I would love Randy to stop running into outs on the bases. That's yeah, the base nice. running drives me insane. I they have to clean that up. Yeah, crazy. one of them recently was on the third base coach. In fairness, I, but yes, I saw that when he but, uh, died. <laughs> yeah, the the uh, yeah, uh, Randy a little more consistent. Yeah, I think his bat's coming around. Uh, a little bit more lately, uh, but uh, he hit a couple home runs recently. His numbers don't look terrible, all things considered, but right. yeah, well, and he's a guy who seems like he's a big game player, so you don't want, you don't want to face a guy like that and, you know, potentially and four other guys that when they're hot, you don't want to face. Right, Yanni Diaz, the last, I think it's like, I saw a stat like the last month. Yeah. Is- you know, what he's been doing for them. Yeah, he, he is probably the guy I'd say is the MVP of the team uh, right now for not only for the on-base percentage and just the consistency at top of the lineup, also his defense is so solid and consistent, whether he's at third or first. It's it's You don't get nervous when a ball's hit to him like you do with – like Taylor Walls had us doing for a while. And just like for the versatility of – you know, you go from third base to first base. I mean, that's completely different. People just think, oh, I stand on a different base. But, I mean, you're making a completely different throw. You know, you're positioning your feet differently to receive the ball into the, the glove. I mean, for him to be able to do that, I and really for a lot of the Rays players when they change them around to different positions, it's really pretty incredible because you don't see other teams doing that with their players. Yeah, no, I uh, I agree with you on that. Um, well, Zach, uh, this has been fun, uh, and I think we'll we'll wrap up the episode sixty of Bolts and Bats in the Bay. Um, hey, guys, wherever you're watching this, make sure you're subscribing to FL Teams. Go to the website flteams.com dot com you've got the twitter you've got the facebook you've got the youtube shows uh remember uh tomorrow we're going live with the uh, nfc quarterbacks we did the afc last week uh and you can always catch those after we do them if you can't watch them live but subscribe to fl teams it's growing it's great uh zach uh is now part of the family as well glad to have you on uh and uh look forward to uh having some more lightning coverage during the season and a little bit of, well, I'm not going to care about your Gators coverage, but, uh, you know. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm very excited about the lightning uh, coverage. I plan to, uh, even during the off season, starting this week, plan to start putting out some some articles about some interesting stuff uh, going on with the team. And, and I'll even look at, you know, some of their opponents and what they added during free agency and trades and how that affects them inside the Eastern Conference. So I'm, I'm really excited about providing as much content as I can to you guys on the Tampa Bay Lightning. So I think it'll be fun. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, glad to uh, welcome you into the FL Teams family. Um, so, folks, that'll do it. Uh, for Zach Milliron, I'm Jeff Macalino. Thank you for watching Bolts and Bats in the Bay.